Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, mood lighting. Yeah, what do you think? I like it. Have you changed it up? Are you going for an evening bar feel now? Yeah. I thought I'd change it for this, for this right. episode. Hang on, I'll do this. Slightly darker there now as well. Nice. <laughs> Good. I didn't want. I didn't want to feel like you were in an evening vibe, and I was still in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, nice. Is this it? Is this the yeah. episode? Yeah. Oh right. Well, uh, welcome along, everyone. Welcome to I mean, the bar. It is, isn't it? We are. We are. It's, that is you, isn't it? It is. Verity? It is the episode, isn't it? I think it's this is. It's me. Hi. Hi. Had a good week? Uh, yeah. Quite good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Care to elaborate? How's the coffee grinding going? Coffee grinding, wonderful. Um, I did, though, I did, however, accidentally buy a bag of pre-ground beans. Oh, that must have been disappointing. Which is annoying. Couldn't use Very. my grinder. Oh. And then, more annoying when coffee tasted better than when I grinded myself so no don't admit that don't admit it so, but um they must use a really nice grinder in those shops so yeah so but actually yours is right no mine is good yeah mine yeah. is good because I spent I spent enough money on it well quite it's it's a it's silly a thing to pay for but you know coffee you drink that every day you're gonna mm. you're gonna get the, the money out it's not the money that you it's gonna it's not going to pay for itself, but it's 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 gonna it's gonna do its job, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, paid for. I wholeheartedly it's worth it. That. Is what I'm saying, yeah. it's worth it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Good. I wonder if this bar does coffee. Oh, I don't think so. It's a bit down at the heel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, some water then, maybe. Yeah, I think it's hard to get a waiter here. Wait, it's a bar though, isn't it? They don't do what. <laughs> right, I've been sitting here at this table for ages. Okay. <laughs> Just move. Get up there. <laughs> uh, this, um, what well, we, okay, look, full, full, full disclosure, we are recording this last week, two weeks ago from, from now. And before <laughs> the Q&A episode that went out last week, Oh my god! I feel like I'm in Doctor Who Christmas edition. I don't know where <laughs> so, I am. What's going so on? So, assuming we a recorded the the Q and A episode, yeah, um, yes, a part two. Anyone sent any questions in? B that we put it out last week. Yes, B part two that we put this episode out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh. That's a lot of information this, to This is take the problem in. with batch recording. Mm, it is. It is. <laughs> it's tricky. I thought we did really well at like covering that up to begin with, and you've let them in. You've let them behind the curtain now. Yeah. Well, yeah. well what it's do nice, people it's want? Nice. I, I think it's, it's nice to see behind the scenes, but also... Oh, I agree. 
but also, no, I mean, no, no TV shows show you behind the scenes, do they? Gladiators. Have you been watching Gladiators? They go to the locker room, and I and oh, yeah. I feel like that's genuine chat in there, don't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> When there... Viper throws things at the door, that's for real, right? Yeah. Are you enjoying Gladiators? I love it. I love yeah. it. It's such good nostalgia TV, isn't it? It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Did you watch yeah. it first time round? Yeah, I did, but I was just slightly... Um, I guess I watched it a bit later because I was young. Yeah. Mm. You were young too. Well, no, but, I was... Yeah, my... Uh, I think I missed you. the... Um, you know, everyone always goes on about Jet, right? Yeah. I I realised I sort of missed the jet years. I was just a bit too young. Okay, yeah. So that's why. Uh, yeah, so Wolfman, does Wolf mean anything Oh, Wolf. You? Yeah, 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 Wolf, Wolf was, my, was my guy. Wolf was about 80 by the time he finished that show anyway, wasn't he? He, was, he wasn't the youngest. Right you know what? He was, he was younger than you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, are you I, sure about that? Yeah, I, I think he was... Well, I don't want to give your age away, but... Oh, what are you going to say? Well, he was 42. He was the tiniest bit I believe, me. I believe he was, was 42 he really? when he started, yeah. God, yeah. But when he finished, that's what I mean. 75. He was in Squid Game. Was he? The, you know, the, the game show they made after. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. What? No. Is that true? Yeah, apparently he was. He was in the first one, the red light, blue light. Oh, God, you know, if we've got good knowledge on Wolf. If this is what you tune <coughs> in to listen to, chat about gladiators and, and specifically Wolf, I'm, you're welcome. Yeah. I imagine. Um, we're actually here to, to talk to Rachel Lander. That's right. Yes. For the second time. That's right. Least. She was on um, episode 15. Oh, first. great. Good knowledge. Yeah, thanks. Uh, where she came in and chatted to us about alcoholism, specifically her own experiences with that and its wider impact on the music industry. It was such a good episode. Loads of people came up after having listened to that and she talked so well about it, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones people go, oh, I listened to that Rachel Lander one and uh, mm. that was really interesting or helped me or whatever. Uh, yeah, what, that's what they say, or whatever. Or whatever, you know. Because yeah. people are so casual when they come to talk to us. Uh, and she got in touch and she said, uh, this time, she said, oh, I'd love to chat to you, but this time about ADHD. Because yes. she's recently been diagnosed with having ADHD. Mm-hmm. So, and I think as you're here, we could relate to it in some way. Oh, yeah. As, as, Maybe many of you do too, as musicians or non-musicians. I mean, I think a lot of people are, are kind of seeing some of the symptoms and going, well, hang on a second. Hmm. Maybe I do too, but obviously not everyone is, but some people are, more people than realised. And it <laughs> may explain a few things. Yeah, that's right. I'm laughing just because I was wondering where the conclusion of that sentence was going. Not because of the... <laughs> Very important subject matter, obviously. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, she's right at the beginning of this kind of discovery yeah. about herself. And it's kind of, 
Well, it was really fascinating to chat to her at this stage, and she was saying, you know, she felt so qualified to come and talk about alcoholism before having been a long way down that path of, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. recovery. And and this, so this is quite a different thing. But again, she just she's just so good to chat to because she's so clear, unlike me, wittering on now. She's so um, what's the word? Eloquent. She's so eloquent. Erudite. Erudite, another excellent word, yes. Elusive. She's elusive, yeah. No. No. Cellist. Also a good word that describes her. Yes. <laughs> excellent cellist. She's in Frozen. That's right. The, the show. So we might mention that. I've got I think to be you honest. Do. I haven't I haven't edited this one. Okay. That's well. I was wondering if there's anything else I could throw at you. This also um, happened the, oh, well, it was about the week before my wife gave birth to our baby. Yeah. But that morning, I think we'd had a bit of a, hmm, something doesn't feel quite the same as it did yesterday. So there was a sort of thought that maybe the baby was coming, and I couldn't have hoped for two better ladies to be on hand <laughs> with some. <laughs> Some hot, hot towels. towels and Rachel and, and I were um, convinced, convinced that 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 your lovely baby daughter was arriving then. But I'm relieved for all that she didn't. Yeah, we made it to a, an NHS hospital, which I, I would say was was a better solution in the end. Yeah, surprisingly so. Yeah. So there we go. That's the setup, and there we go. Well, why don't we just go straight over there then? Yeah, this is Rachel Lander. Oh. Oh. (laughs) 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 You feel like you're not being included in the conversation. (laughs) Are you doing live music for it these days? (laughs) And now the conversation's starting. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> is there anything funnier than a cluster of wrong notes on a piano? <laughs> so Les Dawson. Right, have we started? I have think we started so. right. Come yeah. on. Okay. Okay. So just so you know, if there's any noises shuffling around, or I leave. <laughs> if there's any screams. <laughs> if I suddenly go and get some towels, uh, then then I'm having a baby. But. Uh, I, I got told for saying I'm having a baby the other day. Did you know? Yeah, that? you did. You did. Can I just say, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. I find people who say we are having a baby, particularly men, we are having a baby. No, hang on. We're pregnant. We're pregnant. Yeah. Oh. People who say we're it's pregnant galling. who are men, I do want to hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> we are not pregnant. Yeah. I am. I'm not, but. Are you? No. <laughs> your wife or your partner or that lady over there is pregnant. We Who are told not. you off? A uh, podcast guest. Oh, um, I see. She didn't tell me. No. It was just a little bit barbed. Her response <laughs> was a bit like, you're not pre- You're not having a baby. Like, no, I, I know I'm not having a baby. Well, you kind of are. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you, you're in a partnership and you, yeah. you try and... Yeah share things equally yeah but, um, i mean you're not pregnant I do understand but you are. i'm not pregnant and, no <laughs> and i'm not going through the things that's, my wife's going through yeah uh, but, but that's okay you are having a baby because it is partly yours i will be partly yours. <laughs> obtaining a baby 
Mm. I don't know if that's the <laughs> right parlance either. <laughs> Name we'll get obtaining it. We'll get it. a baby. <laughs> baby obtained. <laughs> Name the baby. What are you going to... Um, oh, we can't have that well, the podcast listeners are going to decide it. Actually. Oh, so cool. So that's nice. Last eight names, I think. Cool. Um, Good. Xanadu, yeah. Nigel. Nigel. <laughs> I, I just... It's, close. it's so strange. It I can't imagine a, girl, a baby but... Nigel. I know they will exist. Yeah. I was just listening to something that's saying there were no baby Garys born last <laughs> year. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. I think that's that's been going around for several years, but Gary. I think it's true. None, none last year. None, mm. none. Can you change same that? Keith, as a girl. Same Neil, as Colin, Malcolm, Neil, even yeah. John's. Really? There's always John's. Well, there's always a few because I guess it's a biblical name. Yeah, yeah. I've got a John in my middle name. I, I, in it, my middle name, my, actually, <laughs> Within the entire it. middle name. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> John. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Um, it's it's a girl actually, so oh. so Colin or, or yeah, gorgeous or, or uh, Darren wouldn't. Colleen, Colleen, yeah. Oh, Darren. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure. Is that a noise? You hear a noise? Oh, yeah, I did hear that noise. I Is that a hiss? Spoke close to the piano. It, it's the piano. It could be a noise from outside. I think there is a leak somewhere. Oh. It's meant mm. to be soundproof. This room, but it's lovely room. But it's not. Um, we are not here to talk about my uh, my, my pregnancy. Um, <laughs> we we are here with Rachel Lander. Hello. Um, to well, sh- she wanted to come on. You wanted to come on. <laughs> the, I did the cat's mother <laughs> wanted to talk about, uh, specifically about ADHD? I did want to talk about that. Although now, as soon as I sent that text, I felt like wildly hubristic and ridiculous because, like, I'm you know when you want to. If you go on a podcast to talk about something, you want to be at a stage where you understand what you're talking about and you're like through the worst of it. Like when we talked last, we were talking about alcoholism and I've been in recovery for like, I'd been, I think I was 13 years when I came in. Hmm. I celebrated 16 the other day. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Um, so I know my shit about alcoholism, but I'm ADHD. The diagnosis was really quite recent. But my mind has been so blown by it. And I've spoken to other musicians about it who have related to it so much that I thought it might be a good idea to speak to you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had um, Samara. Samara. Samara mm. yeah. Yes. And that was she, a really early episode. Of that Run. was quite early on, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was in the house. So that was it pre-studio. Was in, it was pre-studio. Mm. Maybe, I don't know, 18 months ago or something. Yeah. I didn't really know anything about it then. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was quite um, ignorant, really. Because I just thought ADHD, when, when we were kids... The well, naughty boys in school, yeah, right? You couldn't that, sit still. Yeah. Yeah. And and ever since that interview we had with her, um, well, I think uh, social media has just been showing me videos of symptoms. Same. And I'm, like, and I'm like, oh, well, I have all of those symptoms I know. too. But, so, maybe, so I think maybe I do have it too, but... Um, well, this we, could be a very <laughs> revealing session it then, could couldn't be. it? So, but, but let's... let's yeah. Let's backtrack and yeah. get to yeah. that point. I mean, yeah. How, tell us your journey. Yeah. Your journey. Your journey. Your what journey. was the catalyst to go and... I'll tell you what. Well, it's it's a bit... When I last spoke to you, we were in the thick of lockdown. Things were... I think I talked a good game, but things were hard mm. in my house. And hard in my brain and hard in my body. And... I think for a lot of people, I think this is one of the reasons why there's been a spate of diagnoses. Is that the plural of diagnosis? Don't know. Go with it. Um, Let's go with it. Um, (laughs) Is that a lot of people's symptoms got worse over lockdown, Um, mine included. And, you know, I thought that I knew what my neurodivergence was, which is that I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict. 
And being in 12-step recovery has been sort of confusing in a way because it's sobriety in a 12-step program is not just about like not drinking. Mm. It's about treating what's underneath the thing that made you drink in the first place. So the first bit of it is like surrendering to the fact that you can't drink um, and that you don't drink like like a, a temperate drinker. Um, and then the rest of it is kind of like how not to be a dick, basically, okay. like how to show up in your life, um, how to be there for other people, how to be responsible for your own behaviour, self-awareness, that kind of thing. So and I've been working really, really hard at being in recovery for a really long time. And I was very sure about like, well, I do this and I have this because these are aspects of alcoholism. Then lockdown happened and... As you know, I was divorced right before lockdown. So I found myself unemployed, alone with, uh, uh, how old are my kids then? So one was two and one was four. And my support network had gone because we couldn't access them. And I was, you know, on my own. It was really, really tough. And a few things like that I thought were kind of, I actually ended up getting my hormones checked and thinking something's happening to my hormones, which was a thing that happened to lots of women in lockdown. And I find this really fascinating in that stress, the stress hormone is cortisol and cortisol is really clever. We can only make like a finite amount of cortisol. So in women particularly, if you're so stressed and you have to maintain a kind of level of stress, your brain will steal other hormones and convert it to cortisol. And it's called the cortisol steal, right? So it can steal progesterone from a woman's brain, which actually alters their menstrual cycle just from stress. And that was happening to loads of women. Loads of women's cycles were kind of all over the place. And, but where, where was I? See, this is what happens because I have like 15 different thoughts at the same time and then can't... Um, no, but you're back in, lockdown. back in lockdown. Hateful yes. times. Hateful times, hateful times. So then I went back to work and I ended up, by sheer coincidence, working with people who had recently been diagnosed. First, their children had been diagnosed and then they were diagnosed themselves. And I spent a lot of time with two people in particular. And one of them said to me, do you think you might be neurodivergent? And I said, well, I am neurodivergent. I'm an alcoholic. Like, I know what's wrong with me. And they said, yeah, but there are a few things that actually are more about being like on the spectrum of a a neurodivergent spectrum, particularly ADHD. And I was really resistant and I had no idea that, um, you know, that I would qualify, like that any of those would sort of um, be relevant to me. And then it's like, as soon as you start looking into it, it just, it was just more and more, like these symptoms were kind of more and more familiar. And I was thinking, oh my God, I thought that was this. And actually it's this. Um, And it took me a long time to even be at the point, because I was just resistant. I was like, no, no. And also I thought people that are recently diagnosed, you can, it's like when I, when I got sober, I noticed everybody else is drinking for ages. And I can spot someone with addictive addiction problems like from you know 20 miles away yeah so I just thought it was that from that person I like or that I felt like he was trying to recruit me or something and actually eventually they sent me a list of what they were sent when they were diagnosed and I just ticked every single box and I thought oh god and then I thought about getting tested which is quite difficult the waiting lists are really long and actually I got some help um from a company that I work for 
and um, I got a private diagnosis or I got like um, referred to, the, to a direct reputable clinic. And I, yeah, I was diagnosed and that was, you know, how long ago, like seven months ago. And it's changed the way I see everything, especially my addictive problems. Like one of the right. first symptoms on that list that he sent me was problems with substance abuse and alcohol. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh hang on Because I've wondered, because I'm not from a family of alcohol. Like I wasn't <clears throat> around alcoholism as a kid or anything. I've always been in recovery and wanted to know and people in recovery just say it doesn't it doesn't matter you just know that you can't have a drink you know yeah so the whys are sort of not relevant um but yeah it just explains so much yeah really because I mean that was the thing Samara was saying wasn't it about about suddenly it made a whole load of sense about how things were for her at school and yeah things like that so do you did you then go a sort of self-reflection period of looking back at that time yeah and also it's quite interesting because part of the diagnosis is that your loved ones also answer questionnaires about your behaviour. So my sister did one, my mum did one, my partner did one. And they were a bit like, you haven't got ADHD, you know, that's, that's not for you. And then they answered this thing, this collateral form. They were like, oh, <laughs> actually, you do do the following, you know. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting and why the average age of a woman getting diagnosed with ADHD is 38. 38. Mm. That's madness. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's because the H bit of ADHD doesn't necessarily have to be like outward behaviour. It can be mental. So the hyperactivity is kind of in your brain and um, can look like just anxiety. Yeah. Um, And sort of daydreaming and like there's inattentive ADHD and hyperactive ADHD. I've got a combined presentation. Um, And yeah, it it definitely... Because the other thing was is that in some areas I was really... I kind of excelled um, and it was basically the things that interested me. I could really, really kind of get my, you know, but they call it hyper-focus. Um, yeah. I could hyper-focus on those things and achieve a lot. And then anything that didn't interest me, I could not, like, I couldn't concentrate and couldn't focus. Maths, for instance, you guys, <laughs> and science and things like that. Like anything, you know, anything that kind of cost me something to understand, I couldn't engage with. So I was always very extreme. Like I remember when I was 11, coming top of the year for English and bottom of the year for maths and the teachers being like, what? Yeah. (laughs) That's what, you know, and the way that I approached like the cello uh, practice, all of that, I think being neurodivergent like kind of lends itself to being a musician. That's the thing. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys. Do you relate to any of it? Like, because it's everywhere at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Well, yeah. you go because no, no, totally. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say we talked about it a lot after speaking to Samara, but then also, consequently, then you start. I don't know. I mean, I've been looking at my behaviour. There's so many things. I think yeah. that thing of hyperactivity mm-hmm. about it being oh, like in your brain. To do, yeah, in yeah. your brain, just trying to do too many things. And my mum will say to me every now and again, like quarterly. You've Court- done it again. <laughs> yeah. It's your quarterly check-in. Yeah. You're doing too much. Why oh are you taking on that as well? Just think about it before you take that on. Mm. Next time. Why don't you give yourself a rest? And it just happens. It's a cycle. Yes, yeah, same. Again mm. and again and Burn again. And suddenly I'm like, I can't do all of this. Why am I doing it all? Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Because I've always put it down to like, I just find it really exciting. So, oh, I want to say yes to that. It's really exciting. But you can't say yes to everything. That's true. But also it's, I think a lot of it, <laughs> it can go under the radar as the kind of freelance musician feast or famine yeah. thing, right? So it's like you've got to make hay while it's coming, while the work's coming in. You have to say yes to everything because we don't know what will happen in six months. So a load of things that I 
I just thought it was kind of like, well, this is what life is like, especially being a single parent of two young children. It just felt like impossible some days. Um, And I used to get these feelings of like incredible overwhelm. Just like I'd be really, really good for ages and I'd sustain a load of stuff and like take them to, you know, the woods and, you know, get them out and get get them in their little rain outfits and like get the snacks and get myself ready and answer some emails and, you know, do all the stuff. And then one thing would happen like where they would, they would be noisy. Both of them would be noisy and I would like lose it, you know, like, like one to a hundred. And when I read about the sensory problems that people with ADHD have, I was like, oh my God, like, how did I not know? Like, sen- like such sensitivity to noise. And like, so if we were having a conversation now on a bus and there was someone at the back of the bus, you know, people that play music without headphones. There's yeah, barbarians I like to call them that twats. do that. Yeah, what? Yeah. what are they? Like that. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> on a piano. Here he is. <laughs> well, that's less offensive though. Yeah, it is. I can, I can handle that. Um, like I wouldn't be able to hear what you were saying because, yeah. and, and I'd be like, I'd feel murderous, bracing rage. And I just thought that I was irritable. And the, the other thing that's that's been sort of interesting for me as someone in recovery the, like the 12 step program and I'm not going to go into the details of the 12 step program because it's really complicated and it's an anonymous program so like we we try not to do that mm. but there is a certain element of like moral psychology in it so it is encouraged that we take a daily inventory of our behavior during the day so say I was like arsy with someone on the phone or somebody uh, I was jealous of someone or I acted out in some way at the end of the day, you kind of write down what happened. What was your part in it? Do you need to make an amend to somebody, right? Mm. And the things that you discover when you're looking at your part in it are unfortunately called, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, defects of character, right? Which is a shame. I think mm. that's really, really bad semantics. And But it was written by, you know, middle-aged white men in 1930s. So I'm, so I'm not going to relate to all the language, but... I just kept thinking that my irritability and my sensitivity was about kind of like it was a defect of character. It was like I'm being intolerant right now. I'm I'm not being compassionate. I'm so I was beating myself up so badly whilst being in recovery. So you know, and I couldn't understand myself. I couldn't understand why I kept the same things kept happening. And it didn't matter how much recovery I threw at it, how many meetings I went to, how much meditation I did, how much I helped other alcoholics. You know how none of it seemed to get to this like this kind of feeling of um like scratchy irritability that kind of like peaked in like fits of rage like i couldn't work out i just thought i was nuts i thought i was a bad person basically mm. um which i know sounds really simplistic but i just think like uh, i just i think as a woman as well this kind of i'm socialized to be like good and nice yeah yeah. Which is a lot of the reason why women are so great at masking neurodivergence. Well, I was just going to say that's probably why it doesn't show up till 38. Exactly, because we're so good at being like, I know that in order to be accepted, I need to act in a certain way. And we become really good shapeshifters, mm. I think. So I'm just at the process now where I'm sort of like, it's ch- obviously it's changed my relationship to my recovery. I'm trying to like make actual practical steps, like, you know, with this sensory overwhelm thing now when I'm driving my my kids around in the car and they're rowing about something I wear earplugs that take the edge that take the top end off the noise I can hear what mm. they're saying but it's not like a like an assault 
you know. Um, I mean, there's so many things I've discovered. Like when I was doing the assessment, the psychiatrist said, do you medicate your ADHD with coffee? And I was like, I, I don't know. And he said, well, how much coffee do you drink? And I said, a, a lot. And, you know, I am someone that basically don't speak to me before I've had coffee. Like my partner yeah. brings in coffee before he even says good morning to me. Like it's just <laughs> like, the, that's how I wake up is the cafetiere being put down on a, because <laughs> he knows. And um, yeah, and that's a, coffee has a different effect on an ADHD brain than it does on a, I don't want to say normal one, like a, a neurotypical brain. Neurotypical. Yeah. yeah, neurotypical brain, what, yeah. What difference is it? Well, basically, it because what ADHD brains struggle with is dopamine, is like producing enough of it and then holding on to it. So a neurodivergent brain has loads of differences. And obviously, I'm not a neuroscientist, so this oh. is stuff that... Oh, yeah, did you not know that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. What, Sorry, what so terminate this. <laughs> um so there are differences in the prefrontal cortex. It's smaller on an ADHD brain. The amygdala, which is the bit that's responsible for flight and fight and all the stuff that we spoke about when I was last here about performance anxiety, mm. that all happens in the amygdala. That's a different shape. The basal ganglia is a different shape. Dopamine doesn't transmit between transmitters in the same way. They, it kind of, we spend it quickly. So basically an ADHD brain needs more dopamine to get normal executive functioning done than a neurotypical brain so coffee gives you a dopamine spike which yeah but it doesn't but it does i don't have that kind of like i mean i have to really overdo it to feel Mm. anxious and scrolling through tiktok for two hours yeah yes like (laughs) like um what do they call that see i've i've i feel like i'm losing this is what happens like (laughs) i'll know what i'm talking about for a minute and then i kind of lose focus um what do they call that? Doom scrolling. But there's yes. a kind of, kind, there's something happens where you just sort of check out. And I do a lot of that as well. Mm. So I'm very, very, very productive when there's urgency. Yes. And then I can't do anything for a little bit. Is that norm? Is that not normal? I Well, I thought that was normal. Yeah. And I don't, and also normal's a bad, Whoopi Goldberg oh, yeah. said that normal's just a cycle on a washing machine, you guys. So yeah. we should listen. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. yeah. But so... I thought that was a thing too, especially because the way that we run around as musicians, especially like musicians with children, like it's just nonstop. Like, do you not ever think like, oh my God, it's relentless. Like yeah. the working week is relentless yeah. with the kids. And sometimes you just want to like stare at your phone and just feel nothing. Yes, <laughs> totally. but, it's, but I think for me, like I get to a point where I can't get it. I'm like paralyzed by that. And I'm very, very extreme. Like one of the questions in the assessment was, um, do you ever feel like you're do, completing tasks, like you're running, like you're a, uh, running a motor or like there's a motor running kind of, and I, I definitely feel like that. So I have bits of the day where I'm like doing a million things and then crash. Mm. Um, and yeah, just there's, I mean, like there's loads of physical things. Yeah, that you that were saying about the iron. iron. Yeah, so I'm finding out Loads of I'm following all these ADHD, uh, fabulous ADHD women who, um, and also like neuroscientists and stuff that are sort of and every day I'm seeing stuff that's just like, oh my God. Like, I'm, I've always been anemic, always. I have to take iron tablets all the time. And that is a quite a common trend amongst ADHD people. 
ADHDers, people say, or ADHDers, people say, as well. <laughs> um, because it's about serotonin and this is where I wish I was a neuroscientist so I could explain it better. But it's about malabsorption, basically. Um, so people with ADHD and neurodivergent brains find it hard to um, absorb iron and hold on to it, which is oh not God, it is. And the other thing. I'm going to brace yourself, everyone, because there's right. going to be some period chat. Right? Excellent. You brace, Seb, you I okay? put a jingle in or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what jingle would you put? <laughs> I have to make... Oh, oh, oh God, here we go. Form. Oh, I should oh. do something positive, yeah. actually. Yeah. No, have you ever had a period? Clearly not. There we go. There we are. That's more like that's day one. <laughs> <laughs> um, period. Ha- yeah. Sorry. Got, it's, it's pretty catchy. <laughs> yeah. Period chat. <laughs> Perfect. It's um, a feature. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just always been so sensitive to the whole changes of the menstrual cycle, like mm. since forever. And I used to look around at other other women and be like, are, we, are you all dealing with what I'm dealing with? Why are you not lying on the floor crying? Like, so you're something, if you're a neurodivergent woman, I've forgotten the exact statistic, but it's high. Um, you're much more likely to have PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is when your PMT basically really has a profound effect on yeah. your mental health. Yeah. And that's me. Yeah. And I've been dealing with that my whole life and one, and feeling inadequate that I can't just, you know. So, so that has also been a real game changer because a neurodivergent brain is more sensitive to kind of just the fluctuations. And that of sounds a like a real cycle. See, that's the sort of thing because I put down to perimenopause mm-hmm. as well. So it feels like a big crossover in that sort of exactly. That's yeah. about the demographic of a thirty-eight-year-old woman well, as well. It's like estrogen it. starts dropping off and the symptoms yeah. get worse there at the same are. time that their child is getting diagnosed. There's another. That's the other sociological oh, bit. God, is course. that that's the age where their children are getting diagnosed? So yeah. That that is probably the confluence of all those things means yeah. that women are diagnosed very late. But all of this is making sense to me. And I'm at the point like in any kind of process, emotional process, where I'm kind of pissed off about it, to yeah. be honest. Like I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known. And because then I could have given myself a bit of sort of grace and compassion about yes. some of it rather than just feeling inadequate and mad and like I'm not fit for life and I'm not fit for purpose and you know, I mean, there are, I think, hopefully I'll get to a point where I'll kind of realise there's, there's incredible strengths in being neurodivergent yeah. as well, especially in our line of work. Um, and, but I'm sort of in the, I'm in the messy middle at the yeah. moment, mm. you know. Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of sitting with the, the debris of the diagnosis and being like, it's, and, then, and all the other thing that's happened is that because now I know that I have it, there's been like an unmasking of all the symptoms. So initially my symptoms have been horrendous <laughs> oh, really? through the roof. Yeah. Sort of and that's a phenomenon up. apparently because, well, it's like that, who said that thing? Harriet Lerner said that thing about uh, what is not named does not exist. So it's like, as soon as you see it, it's like, oh, that's what I've been trying to push down. Yeah. And there's a bit of me that stopped trying to push it down. Mm. Um, so I'm, yeah, the symptoms are sort of all over the place. And I think that'll, I mean, I, from other people that I know that have been diagnosed, say that's it, it calms down. I'm yeah. not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm finding, it like, especially the sensory stuff is definitely worse. Now I know it's there. I'm not, I 
I can identify it. And yeah. Then, and then hopefully the next bit is to try and, you know, have some strategies to cope with it. Yeah, well, that sounds like with already sort of the headphones scenario. So if yes. you travel, do you do that when you're traveling? I generally? do. Yeah, I yeah. do. And also just things like, um, I mean, it's so weird. Like I've got the sense of smell like a bloodhound. Like I've, or I can like, you know, yeah. which that, that I thought that was just, I don't know what I thought that was, but that's to do with the fact that I'm very, very sensitive yeah. to sort of noise, smells, heat. I mean, I'm kind of famous at work for my weird relationship to temperature. So I play the cello always in as little clothing as possible because the second I start playing, I start rage sweating. Me too. Yeah, that I'm not, that, that things are going wrong, you know. And um, I start sweating. So I'm immediately down to my vest. I mean, the pit where I work is freezing. <laughs> Everyone else is in a coat. Is. It's freezing. I love it that I've they play method. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very method in that pit. Are you, are you warm or cold now? Oh, right Just, now I'm kind of like adrenalised, so I can't really feel anything. I could put but the, like, the, oh, bless the you. Aircon on if you want. I, oh my god, have you got aircon? Do, All yeah. mod cons in here. Yeah, it's amazing. But if you're cold, I could, bless it's you. It's also a heater. But oh my god, I'm all, I'm all right for all now. Right. Thank you. I'm not saying take your clothes off. Oh, that's oh, not what I was. Right, come on now. It's not related to that. Sorry. Thanks for clarifying that, Seb. Um, it's not that kind of a show. No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, this is a serious joke. Yet. Um, yeah, so I play in a vest, but I also have a heated seat warmer that I have on full. Full. So I've got a very hot bottom <laughs> and a fan well. blasting up my face. <laughs> and that's how I do the show. Cold on top. Cold on warm top. Warm down below. I also, exactly. And <laughs> I, I, like sleep, I sleep with an electric blanket on. My poor partner, <laughs> a window open often and a fan blasting. <laughs> like, and I just thought that was me being like a diva, but it's because that's how I, like, I'm just trying to accept the stuff. You've got well, conflicting uh, things going I on inside your well, body. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And the other thing is like, I've had lifelong IBS, like terrible, like tummy aches my whole life and like weird gastric symptoms and a f- terrible relationship with food. And that's also a classic ADHD thing oh is it yes because it's because ibs is about the gut brain connection yeah so it makes sense if you're neurodivergent that that would be kind of this is the technical term on the wonk um (laughs) and yeah so i've just i so i feel like i've been trying to treat all these separate things with various different with like varying degrees of success but seeing like doing the research about what my brain's doing has just made me like it's made me stop worrying so much about it or feeling like, you know, less ashamed of it all because I just felt like I was taking up so much space with all the weird symptoms. Like even the temperature thing at work, it took me ages to stop being embarrassed about that. Just like people were like, hang on a minute, why are you in a vest? It's freezing. (laughs) And why are you, you know, and why is there a fan on? But you've also got a heated seat warmer. Like I just felt like, oh my God, I'm so high maintenance. Like, you know. <laughs> I've always had that about wearing like very little to play because I yeah. just can't, even if it's really cold, I, exactly the same thing. I used to have this really, I for, did a thing for a while, this really grumpy desk partner like, who actually, I think it annoyed her that I was wearing. Why? I don't know. I was like, I'm not doing anything to hurt you. I'm just very warm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, and actually that that's always a thing if people say you've got to have your shoulders covered. I think, oh, oh yeah. fuck. That's one time I feel sorry for men, actually. I think about yeah. if I had to wear tails, I couldn't do the job. I couldn't do it. No. Yeah. Like, I and a tie and a cummerbund. That's no. Outrageous. You know, in, the, um, in the proms, it's always so hot. Oh. 
Pouring with sweat and nervous in a packed hall with a heavy jacket. Yes. Why? Which restricts you. It must must restrict you. And probably smells bad. Let's face it. How often do you clean those tails? I've actually never owned any tails. Okay. Do you rent them from a tail? I just borrow them off a friend. But I don't get asked to do those gigs. They're like the, the, it's like a niche where it's like symphony orchestras. Yeah. I just don't get asked to do that. I would like to do some if anyone's listening. But, <laughs> we'll get um, tails. But, um, and I may get some tails yeah, if I get more not? than one gig every five years. But, yeah. uh, but uh, I remember doing a gig like, at, the, at the Albert Hall and I was like quite, maybe slightly nervous and yeah. a bit hot. Uh, but it was like I was in black, so I just took my jacket off, put it on my back. But you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have been very sweaty. Yeah, I used to be very sweaty. Yeah. I, I use something called dry claw. Do you ever Ooh, use that? No. no. You should try it, Verity, because I know you've got a problem. Oh, sorry. I, I do. Are you trying to get I a sponsorship. Dry claw. I <laughs> use Act, and that's very act. good. But What's the only Act. Oh, it's so good. It's Is like it? it's a tube. And it's um it, oh, you put it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. The only thing is that it, it blocks the smell, but it doesn't make you less sweaty, so you'll so you still have... be moist. Oh, it's yes. coming out of somewhere. No, thanks. It has to come out of somewhere. Yeah. Mine but, like bunged up all my holes forever. Ooh. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, that sounds real healthy. Yeah. So <laughs> sounds good, man. No, no, I just use regular deodorant. It's fine. Okay. Antiperspirant. Yeah. But um I hey, I wonder, could you maybe go through the list of symptoms oh my god like the just the basic list and just so people the basic list is really long okay it's really long i could actually if you give me a second yeah i yeah. can get it one second have just a for second any, anyone okay. listening at home that yeah, might be thinking hmm because and i'll ask um, you more about dry claw in the meantime well yeah. <laughs> i wonder if that's is that related to what sweating sweating well it's maybe this temperature regulation thing yeah. Yeah. Um, ADHD. Yeah. Probably. I mean, this is the thing because it's a brain thing. You also mm. have a neurodivergent body as a result of your brain because your brain is responsible for all the yeah. functions yeah. in your body. So it's like, yeah, it's a whole thing now. But I, it must be a thing for musicians that that we, we've all at some point had to. I mean, hyper focusing is oh, is thing. like practice. the practice. The yeah. practice you have 100%. to do. Yeah. Save it. Save it. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. So here we go. Common traits for females. This is for okay. Females. This is for females. Okay. And should we say whether we've got these symptoms or something? Yes, if you could say yes or no. <laughs> okay. Okay. One, daydreaming. Yeah, obviously. Of course, uh, but everybody yeah, daydreams. Yeah. I know. I think we're talking about things that like are prohibitive in your life that can be, pre- you know. Just daydreaming oh, too much. I do daydreaming daydream, but... so much that you can't focus on a task, that you miss vital information that, you know, has a consequence, a negative consequence. Well, I forgot to put the bins out last night. Yeah. But because you were daydreaming or because just daydreaming all night yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) night dreaming um procrastination relating to starting and finishing tasks unless there is an absolute deadline oh yeah 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 yeah. difficulty multitasking or multitasking to an excess yes both yes yes and yes over talking which which is like hi (laughs) hi we we do a podcast yeah exactly oversharing now that is me (laughs) because and that is about the seeking dopamine from connection with, with another human oh god so we want me. to connect so fast that yeah. it's like all boundaries go out of the window yeah. because you want to connect with that i mean i thought that was me just being like a really good recovering alcoholic and trying to like be you know open and but that's that's because i'm trying to connect with you yes. in a manic yes. way yes. for a dopamine hit i'm so sorry yeah um <laughs> lack of motivation in some areas may be extreme in others oh i see okay so that yeah. means 
Um, so in some areas, no motivation, and then extremely motivated in other. Which, but then, yeah. isn't that like all musicians? Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that everyone? Yeah. I don't know. Some of this is everyone. This is the thing. This is why. Yeah. Because it's what I I sort of read this the first time. I was like, eh. and yeah. then scratched the surface and thought, <laughs> oh my god, oh god. Okay. Emotionally sensitive or crying easily. And that's me. 100%. I do. Yeah, I do cry a lot. Easily distracted. Easy. Easily distracted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Difficulties yeah. listening, particularly when disinterested in the topic. Oh God, yes, oh. I'm really bad about that. Yeah, talk to Charlotte. I mean, oh really? Just oh really? Does she say things like, to you where you're like, I said this to you last oh, night. Oh God, I like, know. Yeah. Uh... Um, <laughs> seemingly not trying or trying too hard. I try too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forgetful or disorganised or hyper-organised, or a mixture of the, of the two extremes, basically. Yeah. So anything yeah. that's kind of extreme polarities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. <clears throat> Introversion, or making plans, but avoiding social obligations. No. Where are you a social butterfly? No, no, I, yeah. I don't you, do that. You go to any party. Oh, yeah. I go to envelope, envelope, yeah. Regardless <laughs> of how you feel. <laughs> yeah, I was out this week. how you feel. Mm, uh, interesting. Oh, no, this is going to no, be no, down the list, isn't it? That's okay. Um, hang on, what, what was that again? Sorry. Uh, that was... <laughs> Stop concentrating. <laughs> He's distracting. He's, distracted? he's daydreaming. Yeah. To be fair, he's about to have a baby. Yeah, um, fair enough. I think I, I was that one. Though. Introversion or making plans but avoiding social obligations. That's me, 100%. And I thought that was about being sober and not being around. Uh, right, yeah. not wanting, not to, wanting yeah. to be around yeah. the drink. But actually, it's because I don't want to talk to people for yeah. any extended length of time because it exhausts me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a thing where, you know, oh, you just like, you don't... Like, say you bump into someone on the train, or you oh. see someone who's on the same train as you. It happened this morning on the way here. Even like good hide. friends of yours. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just. I... No, I want to stare at my phone. Yeah. 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 But I think everyone. I think that's that, okay. To some extent. Yeah. Because, like, the train time is sort of like sacred time. Yeah, I just it? want some quiet downtime. That's definitely a parenthood thing. Yeah. Because that's definitely. literally sometimes the only time yeah. where someone's not asking you oh for something. Oh my God, I can actually send an invoice. Now. Yeah. I can. And I love it when you see somebody who's obviously <laughs> feeling the same as you and you yeah. know that you've both seen each other and you know it's I totally know. fine that you don't want to speak <laughs> yeah. to each other. That's fine. Actually, yeah. I know people that are so boundary that they'll go, it's really nice to see you. This is my only time. I'm going to be quiet if that's okay with you. That's like, can you imagine so... being that direct? That is I, so... feel never, I would die. I, would I know. That is a level that. Of, I'd literally of rather hide behind a pillar maturity. <laughs> and like wear a disguise than do that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Uh, difficulties <clears throat> planning ahead. That is me. 100%. I am yeah. 24 hours at a time as a working mother. <sighs> Can you imagine? So like my partner sometimes goes, what's happening with the kids on Tuesday? And I think, what's happening on Tuesday? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, luckily I have people that accept this about me, including yes. a very well, flexible babysitter. But I like, honestly, is, I can't think ahead. the main thing is that. Yeah. I'm like, too overwhelmed to think about next week. Too overwhelmed. Can't yeah. think about it. I'm doing what's directly in front of my face. Sorry. I, and I interrupted. Yeah. It no, always no, interrupts me. No, I, so I did too. Sorry. I did too. <laughs> but I, I have that. that is my, I think that's my yeah. main thing. It's like just cannot plan yeah. or, or like uh, prioritize things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which, when you have a show, is quite difficult because you know that thing yes. of like, did you ask for that night off? Did you get a debt? Yeah. You know? That's like three administrative things that need to happen before you have a night off with your Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Partner. Uh, Feeling under constant pressure to do better. Oh, my God, yes. But... but that's, who doesn't? Especially, but I don't know. Musicians. That's a, don't you think that's a musician thing? Yeah. Like that's part of the gig is like, yeah, you're always playing with someone amazing or you're playing music that's like that you need to do some work to sort of deliver. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know any do musician. Do you also think that's a social thing? That in, that's a societal thing as well, I feel like. That, especially at the moment. Yeah. Everything is it's not like praise you for what you're doing. It's like, well, this could be better if you know. Yeah. You know. It's not perfectionism. Yeah. Isn't that perfectionism. A, a human trait, though? Yeah. I mean, all of these traits are human. Of course, yeah. But, but I, I think guess when they are all presented together yeah. and they're problematic, yeah. Yeah. then maybe you might want to get a, yeah. Know, it's like, get some help. Yeah. F- for us as musicians, you know, the, the better you can be, the the, the more employable you can be exactly and but then the then, more money you can bring in for your family and it's yeah, like uh, and then you can never see your family and yeah. be constantly yeah. working <laughs> yes and then you wonder why like yeah. it's mad yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be self-defeating I mean that's me to a t- I'm an alcoholic I mean for god's sake there's no more self-defeating behaviour is that like self-sabotage yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sabotaging yourself yeah, being yeah. successful but having imposter syndrome yeah. again, I don't know a single musician that hasn't got. Yeah, because even that. saying yeah to that means you're implying that you're successful, and then even <laughs> that makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm saying that I might be successful. So yes, wow, that was so meta. Okay, I, think it's, yeah, I I kind of have a sort of, I guess I sort of put develop a sort of an ego around my playing. So That's that, interesting. So that you don't you have to have that as a brass you player? Have to. Like to be a trumpeter, just be like I can do this. Yeah, of I course, know I can do this. I don't know if that's ego or if that's like confidence. It's difficult, isn't well, it? Oh yeah. yeah, isn't it? You have to have a of, bit of that. I is think. Your, isn't your brain like ego and id? Is that? Oh is god, that well that's a is? that's a Freudian thing, isn't oh, okay, it? Like not, right. that, that's what the Freudians think. So that's less. But like, the ego medical. is kind of more about fear of like other people's perceptions of you. I guess it's right. like a kind of projected self, isn't it? So. Yeah, but see. you do have to have a bit of that, especially if you're going to be a trumpeter and be very exposed. And yeah. you yeah. have to be like, come on, every time, yeah. you know, don't you? Yeah. But then I think if something early on in the show, you clip a note and then it's like, oh, yeah, crumbling hap- now. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. is, this it? is, is that what happens? Well, it, it, it can, I, I've noticed it on doing this show because like... Yeah, it's exposed. I mean, the first, I, I play like um, three notes in the first page and it's just literally i don't even know why they're there i think it's just so you play something just so and then the next thing you do like two minutes later is like big loud big band sort mm-hmm. of high thing and it's very easy just because you haven't played at all yeah to just yeah. split one of those notes okay. and then it's like the beginning of the show and you've got solos and all sorts to do and you just have to sort of give yourself a talking to and say it's fine it's gonna be fine like don't worry about it but but you can i can so, so see how you'd be like Oh God! Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Or if there's someone you know in the audience, like oh, you just, I yes. think about that person through throughout the whole show sometimes, and like, they're not, they don't even hear it. 
That's what's no, so funny that you play that. your socks off for someone in the audience and they're like, I couldn't really hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just my show. <laughs> no. It's probably not the same for you. Weird. It's weird, yeah. Um, yeah, but that is, a, that is a what will people think of me thing, isn't it? Yeah. If we're like, you know. Sometimes you just like, I just want to, I just want to show off. And I, yeah, of and course. Like, and like, even if you've got, if you've got someone sitting in. Oh God, like, that's the worst. Sitting's the worst. I can't bear sitting. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so horrible. It's horrible. But you then, doubt everything you've ever done. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, where do I put that middle C? Yeah, do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then whenever I've sat in with someone, I always just love seeing other people yeah. do their thing. Yeah, like, mm. and totally. Eat, like, and, I, and I would never expect it to be flawless or perfect. And I just really like seeing how someone inhabits the the chair yeah. like and you know yeah but, I, but yeah it's, it's so weird that thing of like being watched you suddenly kind of look at your own playing and think oh my god they're not gonna like yeah. that or, yeah totally that was shit and yeah, <laughs> yeah. the neurosis anyway oh hang on okay uh overthink oh this is me overthinking with many thoughts racing constantly so people in 12-step meetings talk about the racing brain that accompanies alcoholism and how a drink calms it down and I thought that was alcohol I mean that is part of alcoholism but I actually think that underneath the alcoholism for me is ADHD and that's what I was trying Mm. to do I was trying to slow everything down and calm myself down and it worked so well Um, is that a way of controlling it 100% but also as an ADHD person I've got to get a better phrase for that um, there's also problems with kind of compulsion and thinking ahead so like and and so obviously someone with ADHD is going to be into instant gratification because of the time blindness and the kind yeah. of lack of willpower and control you know so there's so many factors that would mean that of course if you take a chemical that calms you down then that could be a, a problem yeah. so I mean yeah. I just feel like it's a perfect storm for me anyway mm. um, I bet that's <clears throat> I bet it's common I bet oh, it's yeah. a common yeah. thing it yeah. must yeah. be that the yeah. two go hand well, in hand well I, I I heard a statistic recently but I don't know I, I don't know the source of it but it that people in recovery from chemical addiction are 60% more likely to have ADHD than other people right which makes sense really uh, right overthinking poor sleep due to your brain not switching off I find it hard to go to sleep sometimes. And then when I wake up in the night, I can't go back to sleep. But also because we play late at night. Yeah, you're We have got cortisol and adrenaline happening at 11 o'clock at night when we get home and try to wind down. So that is another thing that, you know, is difficult. Yeah. You know. I sleep really well, but I can't go to sleep. Right. I just stay up. Just And I, I like to, last year or so, I just like to like, just look at my phone and just make myself tired from looking I'm like I am tired but I just wanted to get more tired yeah the most tired I could possibly get yeah but you've got young children as well yeah like yeah like so there's that that's the only time that you're gonna get yeah. it's like you're grabbing stealing time back yeah that's yeah. true isn't it definitely just hunched um, over my kitchen workshop eating cheese oh. at half 11 at night watching, nice. watching I always want to eat cheese pouring then. honey on I top of it. cheddar cheese oh my oh, god that's nice. what's going on what's going on sure you're not pregnant <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a taste sensation. Uh, I've forgotten where we are with this. You're going to have a hard time editing that, aren't you? Sorry. Um, <laughs> sensory. No edit, no okay, edits. this is the thing. Sensory overload, mm. and then there's a parenthesis that says an ADHD sensory subtype is currently being researched. So the way mm. that an ADHD brain processes sensory information right. is different and harder sometimes. Feeling restless, both both physically and in mind. I mean, that's me. Yeah. Feeling a sense of not fitting in, but not knowing why. 
showing perfectionist tendencies. I mean, I'm riddled oh. with that. Riddled. But again, that... we need to be perfectionists yeah. to be employable. Yeah. So again, it's another thing that would lend itself to yeah. being a musician, right? And, and but perfectionism so that so much so that you don't you never finish anything. Yes. Or you don't... Right, or creates kind of paralysis about the task. You, I mean, if you were, um, I mean, you do like you know, arrangements of things, and before you perform little versions of things. And I do. I don't mean to say little, so that's okay. They are little. little. It's just me and the but, little um, loop station, which I don't know how to use. By the way, can't read the manual. It sounds too like you flip them <laughs> too boring. But it's yeah. like you can obsess over that, and then go like, oh, it's not good enough, and oh yeah, and, and not put it out, and not put it out. Yeah, yeah. It's like just put it. I mean, out. I, I like, didn't. But, I didn't. I've got two more that I'm too scared to put out. Oh. Like I will talk. I mean, yeah. I'll put them out eventually, but yeah. like something has to happen in like where I kind of go, oh, fuck it. Yeah. But I'm not there yet. I'm like holding mm. on to the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, that's an ego thing. It's like, what, what will people think? I hate all that. I've got to let go of that. Um, oh, here we go. The next one is fearing or worrying what people think of you. Yeah. Is the next characteristic. Right. Oh, I go through that really, especially when I'm overtired. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm obsessed, yeah. but I can't, every interaction I'll worry has been a, I will have shamed myself in some way. Yeah. Even like, really simple ones like, hello, how are you? <laughs> oh God, did I say that in such a way? Oh, so bless yeah, you. I am That's really hard. bad about that. Yeah. yeah. Or like if someone doesn't reply to a text message. Oh, can't cope. Yeah, can't cope. <laughs> so don't you think that like, because we're in this sort of cutthroat freelance world that you, that we have to, like it's it's very difficult to be vulnerable when yeah. everything's so competitive oh, God, and there's yeah. so much fear and yeah. sort of scarcity. Yeah. Work-wise, yeah. so it's difficult to be like, "Hey, I'm." This is where my emotional chaos is, and you know. Well, Hattie Butterworth says a very similar thing, talking about mental health issues that she's had. Same thing, that fear of saying, "This is me." Yeah, but um, but has been massively heartened by. I mean, she's doing incredibly well. She's editor, at, uh, Opera Now magazine, mm. and again, I think has just been yeah, warmed by the fact that people are. That times are changing, hopefully. Yes. Seems. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say to you about the oversharing thing as well. I mean, I know lots of people find it too much, can't bear it, but I actually don't. To me, maybe because I am an oversharer, I don't mind people oversharing. Well, this is the other thing about being in <laughs> going to meetings is like it's like this magical place where people are incredibly frank mm. because we're all there. Like we're all there because we've got this massive vulnerability. Yeah. So if you sit next to someone in a meeting and you go, how are you? And they go, fucking dreadful today, actually. Like immediately, there's none of this like, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, chucking on. You know, yeah. There's none of that. It's like, I had a row with someone or I feel really inadequate at work or I'm frightened about this bill that I can't pay or whatever it is. Yeah. There's just like a kind of grounding reality where you don't have to sort of put on the mask mm. which I think so much of I don't know I'm, I, I'm finding that more and more tiring the older I get to be honest yeah like the small talk thing I'm so so bad at small talk yeah just want to cut through that yeah, yeah cut through yeah. the cup of shit yeah. guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said stridently <laughs> how, how do we sort that out because you know you say oh well, what how's it going what are you up to and everyone just says oh bits and bobs yeah everyone they just do has do that, that same conversation bits and bobs I know it's mad isn't mm. it but the, I guess you can only meet people where they are and if they don't want to talk to you then they don't want to talk to so. you yeah. but yeah. I, people... I quite often find that by being an oversharer people then feel safe to kind of share do back. It back yeah yeah. Um, and now you know like I when I'm freelancing I know a lot of cellists 
now and I know a lot of like personal things about their lives mm. which means that when I go to work I'm in a kind of safe place yeah because they totally. know me I know them and that's yes. because one of us has gone has told the truth about something yeah and I don't know I um well that strips a, a la- away a layer of stress automatically doesn't that's it that's the thing it's like everyone's got their things yeah and it, yeah because for so long like you say you can turn up and feel like oh my god they're playing amazing. They're yes. great. They're so good. They're together. They're they're going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, they've got their shit together. Yeah. No one has their shit together. No, they don't. Like nobody. So you were saying about obviously it's affected your whole recovery. Yeah, having this diagnosis. Yes, has that been a bit of a head fuck? Yes, totally, totally. But also, I guess at the at the base of it, I still need to be sober. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know and. There is an element of this as well. Like a lot of people get this diagnosis and then they go on medication. And for now, for me, that's not going to be a thing because basically what ADHD medication is kind of sanctioned speed. That's what that is. And if I'm an addict and I could get Mm. addicted to like tap water or like fried cabbage, if it changed the way I felt, honestly. fried cabbage. Do you? With a bit of bacon. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But I would, you know, if if that changed, if that made me feel a certain way, yeah. then I would eat it for every meal, which is kind of how I operate. Like when I was a kid, I should have known that, that I was ADHD from then. I read the same book over and over and over again. I listened to the same music over and over and over again. And I've done that my entire life. Like if I find something that gives me some kind of comfort and ease, then I will just hammer it yeah. until... <laughs> yeah. until I can no longer do it anymore or it becomes a problem and then I have to take it out of my life. So that's kind of how I operate. And I just yeah. thought, well, that's addiction. And it is addiction, but I think underneath that is this yes. for me. And not everyone will agree with that, but that's just what I think for myself. Yeah. I've yeah. just read um, Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. Have you read that? I haven't read it, but I've heard lots of people talking about it on podcasts. Oh, right. Yeah, that sounds like What's a the classic gist? podcast thing. Uh, well, basically, he talks about how to good habits and how to get bad habits mm. um the atomic thing is like changing like just one percent i think lots of one percent of okay. things just to make it make things better um the first thing to talk about is like the british cycling team they decided to because they were rubbish apparently <laughs> and then they got really good around right. like 2012 and all yeah that. They, they just like changed fine gains just little things they, they changed like what what um, handlebar grip they used yeah, and just right. like they painted the inside of their van so that they could see any dust that was in there and stuff, things like that. So that's that's one thing. But but um, you're saying to have good habits, you need to make there's four things. You need to make it easy, attractive, obvious, and satisfying. See, that is that's very ADHD ish because it's like it has to give you some kind of pleasure. Yeah. Mm. The thing that you're doing has to give you some kind of pleasure, which is why yeah. my tax return is always yeah late. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there's so many habits you you do in the morning, like when you when you first thing you do, you open your eyes, mm-hmm. you you go for a wee or something. Mm-hmm. You go for because it satisfies all four of those things, right? And um, you turn a light on if it's dark in the room. Okay. It's, 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 oh, it's so like, we're talking about literally atomic, the smallest thing. Yeah. They're just a habit. You don't. Right. Un, you don't even think about them. You just yeah, them. unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, bad habits are the same. They do. Wait, hang on. They do all the same. You do all the same. Th- wait, hang on. I've got to do that. <laughs> but 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 oh yeah. If you want to break a habit, you just need to get rid of one of those four things. So you right. just need to make it 
difficult to do. So yeah. like if you want to stop biting your nails, maybe you could like paint that stuff on your nails so that it's like hot, like disgusting. And okay. Not might, attractive. That might just stop you doing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe there's links to like the 12 step program and stuff, but um, I don't know, like there's certain things you do to, to stop yourself drinking. You well, the thing is, so it's not, it. it's like the opposite in 12 step recovery. It's like, it, when I it's really interesting because I've been through a kind of similar process with ADHD as I did with alcoholism which is that when I got sober people kindly people who were trying to help me said you will not be able to stop drinking until you understand that you have an illness and that you're powerless over this mm. and I thought what a crock of shit <clears throat> that was like I really felt like that was a cop out mm. and it was like saying, well, I've got no willpower then and I've got no control over myself. And I just didn't buy it. And I, and I thought if I was better or stronger or cleverer, then I would be able to control my drinking like a normal, in inverted commas, person. And actually, whilst I had that mindset, I had this horrible white knuckle recovery where I was like wanting a drink the whole time. And then after seven months, I relapsed. And the relapse was a bottle of vodka. And in that moment that that happened, it was like, oh, I actually am powerless over this because I really didn't want that to happen. And yeah. nothing could have stopped me. And the second that that it was like a perception shift, once I surrendered to the fact that I have no, where drinking is con is concerned, I have no control, then I was able conversely to stop drinking. Like it stopped being in my head. It was like no yeah. longer an option. Yeah. And yeah. ADHD... I had, and I feel very ashamed of saying this because it's so shockingly ableist, but I thought, well, what a cop-out to say, you know, oh, I've got ADHD, so that's why I'm bad at, you know, accounting. That's just laziness. You know, I had the same kind of mental process. And actually, since I've had the diagnosis, I've been able to sort my accounts out. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, I understand why this feels existentially bad for me to deal with. Yeah. So I can give myself a bit of like grace and I've got a different accountant who and I said I'm neurodivergent I hate this I hate it it scares me it bores me I, I don't want to deal with it and he went okay don't worry and sort of and I approached it in a different way and now my accounts aren't a mess you know so yeah. it's been it's sort of the opposite that it's like I've had to surrender again to something that I that I thought might be bullshit yeah <laughs> because mm. I wanted to live in the illusion that I had control that I can, if I work hard enough and try hard enough, I'll be able to, you know, be my best self. And actually, I've had to stop doing that and sort of, um, yeah, just surrender. Yeah, yeah. And then I've been able to like do things a bit differently. Yeah, because so you're saying because obviously you've chosen not to take the go, like have the medication yeah. side of things. So then, would you say that a lot of the way that you're now having the knowledge and also just your approach to things would you say that's the main way and things have changed definitely and I think I was really hindered by this terrible self-perception mm. about how defective and inadequate I yeah. was at sort of being a person in the world and I sort of went from being like having this attitude of like well life's too difficult I mean I do think life is very difficult right mm. now we're in a mad world where there's terrible things happening you know, we're in a cost of living crisis where none of us can afford to pay our bills and rents and mortgages and we're all working constantly and we're isolated. Like, things societally are hard. But my but my response to that has been very dysfunctional. Um, and 
now I feel like that shift in perception has just meant that I feel like less of a victim yeah. of it. You know, if that makes yes, any sense. Yes, it was empowering. Yeah. And also having a bit of, it will give you self-worth, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. And also the other thing about getting sober is that I met other alcoholics and it meant that I was connected to people who had a similar head and it's the same thing as happening here. You know, I'm, even if it's just kind of on Instagram, there's like a massive neurodivergent community kind of sharing tools and yeah. tips mm. and knowledge that is like, oh, <laughs> you know, thank God. Because like, I really think that knowledge is power. Mm. And we talked about this the last time I was on, we were talking about um, one of the things that helped my performance anxiety was understanding what adrenaline does, where it comes, how to um, live with it. And rather than kind of treat it and make it go away, what like to learn about it in order to accept it. And I yeah. think it's the same with this for me, just knowing like that thing about the hormones, the like, you know, fluctuating progesterone for a woman with um, ADHD is really, really difficult. And that's taken a lot of shame away yeah. from me. That's... Um, yeah. Oh, so there you go. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks. I'm very, very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And I'm sure lots of people listening will, will have, um, that, that will resonate with them to some extent and maybe. Yeah. I mean, if, what, I what, so. what do people do if, they, if they're thinking? Well, it depends. Mm. I mean, you don't need a diagnosis to, to know. I think that's, I mean, you, you don't need, and also the diagnostic tools are changing all the time, like different criteria are being added and taken away. So mm. I don't necessarily think that you need to have like an official diagnosis to, to seek, unless you wanted to seek medication, I'm not sure. But I think, what do people do? I mean, I, I just think, do some research, you know, talk to yeah. some... There's some good books. There's Oh God, I mean, there will be good books. There are so many people people on the internet talking about this yeah. i my favorite account is this as a woman in australia and it's called this might help adhd there's so many adhd podcasts out there for men and for women and um there's i mean there's so much out there you just have to type it into instagram and you'll be bombarded with stuff yeah and i find all that really helpful yeah yeah you don't, you don't necessarily have to get a whole diagnosis thing because there's if people recognise traits in yeah. themselves, then yeah, that maybe there's even something to do with like doing your tax return. Mm -hmm. Like uh, my accountant was emailing me, and I was like, oh god, I don't. I was thinking, well, I, sh I should get it done before the baby comes. Mm -hmm. Might I might have run out of time for that now? But <laughs> but um, I was like, oh, someone was talking to me about QuickBooks, and I was like, oh, they oh, just god. do it on that, and they just every time they just add it on, and and they just do it, and it's done. I was like, oh, maybe I should try that. So I downloaded that and. And are you doing it? Well, I'm getting confused with the app now. And yeah, it's like, oh, do I do this or do I just do it how I've always done it? And But maybe if I do this, then it's always done and, and there's not that, that like, terrible. three days of hell. Yes. Yes. No, but every, I'd love to believe. Yeah, I'd love to believe I'd be the person who'd stick and with that. But I know I'd do it for maybe months. You know, it makes, it makes sense, really. <laughs> it's like just do little and often yeah. and no stress. Yeah, it and does then, make sense. Okay, but if you have ADHD, you need the stress to do the thing. Because yeah. if it doesn't give you a dopamine hit and it's not interesting to you, That's it. then you, then it's like a, it's not just like laziness. It's like paralysis. Like and financial consequences can be happening and things are falling down around your ears and you still can't. Yeah. You know, do anything about it. And it's that feeling of like knowing that you have that it needs doing, but not being able to do anything about it. And then the shame of just thinking, yeah. well, I'm lazy. Yeah. Or I'm, and I'm 
irresponsible. Yeah. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. So it's like, it's kind of a reframing of why it's difficult to do it in the first place can sort of help, I think. Yeah. Helps me anyway. Yeah, yeah. totally. And also uh, I'm at the beginning of this. Like, I, I mean, there will be people who know far more about this listening, probably thinking she knows nothing. And I do know nothing. Like, that's fine. But You know a lot. Well, yeah, I don't know. Do. I just know my, I know. You know all those I, bits of the brain. I, well, that's really impressive. Yeah, that might all be. I don't know what a basal ganglia is, though. No, it's the bit at the back, isn't it? Basal ganglia. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Because um, <laughs> that's the other thing. So I, feel, I felt this ama- like amazing pressure to kind of like give the perfect rendition of what ADHD is. And, but actually, it's that really perfectionism. Yeah, right exactly. There. You are the yeah. spokeswoman. Exactly. But actually, this. I can only speak for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also just think that it's that, I don't know. I just, I'm, it's just. I think a lot of people are carrying around a lot of shame and f- feelings of inadequacy yeah. at things that they actually aren't in control of, you know. And um, yeah, I just it might help one person. Yeah, you know, I really think so. Okay, I mean, it's very just going through that list. It's very helpful. It's yeah, yeah. But isn't it interesting though, like how many of those things in our profession mm. are just yeah. sort of like part and parcel of yeah. doing what we do? Yes. Yeah, and, and like how how intrinsically linked we are to our profession. Yes, it's not like we we get home and go, oh, I don't think about that. Anymore. Oh my god, well we're practicing for the next thing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Got time. <laughs> yeah, and and it's almost like um <clears throat> like keeping up with friends, keeping relationships going. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's I think hard. As musicians, I feel like we we all just feel like I I'm I'm probably going to see him on a gig. I'm I don't need to like, yeah stay make in the touch. extra effort. Yeah, yeah. because you. You just never know. You might suddenly be booked on a gig and you're spending three weeks with them on tour. Yeah. And and like so yeah. you just don't you don't bother keeping up with and then suddenly you find out two well, two years has gone by. But yeah. but then you would see them and go, Oh, just carry on where you left off. And I think yeah. everyone's sort of in general unconscious agreement. Well we're about all into suspended animation with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like and we and because we're all in the same thing, you know, yeah. it's it's hard to t- I mean, sometimes I I, I sort of take a I zoom out and I think how insane it all is. And the thing is, I knew about this. I, my parents are musicians, like, and then they got divorced. They remarried two other musicians. Two of them were in orchestras. The other two were freelance. So I know how this goes. And yet mm. I'm still surprised at how bonkers it is, yes. how relentless it is, how the kind of the holiday, you know, people go, oh, what are you doing for half term? It's like, well, some extra shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like stressing more about childcare. Yeah. Like you know, feeling guilty that feeling I'm not going to be around. Exactly. Yeah. Feeling inadequate. Yeah. Or like some of the school mums, like, I haven't seen you for a while at the school, and it's like, yeah, it's because other people are picking up my, ch-. you know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. The hours are so weird. Or can you come to this thing on <sighs> Sunday? No, I've got two shows. Yeah. It's it's a weird way of living, but I think because I've grown up in it, and because I'm surrounded by other people that do it, I'm a mm. bit institutionalized in it. Yeah, yeah. And we, we can forget how extreme it is. I think. But there is also something attractive about it, and of course. It's quite alluring, isn't it? Of about, course. I mean, just you know, showbiz is showbiz. is alluring. <laughs> being on stage, being do you in feel a like you're in show? He's so showbiz. I work in London's glittering West End. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, I no. wear sequins always. Just can't always see them. Um, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it's and the, when you do get oh, I've got all day off. I mean, before you have kids, yeah. But yeah. you've got all day off, and so you don't have to do anything until till seven thirty at night. Mm-hmm. It's great. That it sucks you in, and then yeah. yeah. But then, then that's <laughs> that ain't the reality, is no. it? No. <laughs> no. Guys, I've got to go because oh, I've got yeah. to get 
Oh, I've got to, to go too. To the, oh, the we all do. I've got to get to the glittering West West End. West of West End. Oh, where are you going? West oh, Field. Hammersmith Apollo. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay, go, go, go. Who, who, who are you right. playing with? Um, the Novello Orchestra. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we should end this. We should end it. Um, okay, But yeah. also, um, if people want to know more about you... Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got you you blog, don't you? I you, blog. You've got a website. I've got a website. You give advice. You, 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 I don't give advice. Oh my god, I shouldn't be giving advice. I don't know what I'm talking you about. Um, you should. You're, you're also you're everything a, that I have like that's out there. You're a pillar. <laughs> a I'm pillar. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's on my. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just bookending the episode nicely there <laughs> means it's over yeah. now. Um, uh, where can people find more about you? Uh, on my Instagram, there's uh, there's a link tree with all my things on it. Perfect. Yeah. And what is your Instagram? Oh, it's Rachel Lander eighty four. Super original. Do you guess when I was born, guys? Mm. Yeah, it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late nineties. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so that's where all my stuff is. Great, great. Oh, Thank you so brilliant much. Brilliant to see you. Thanks again. so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, thank you. Fascinating and enlightening. Mm. I yes. can't believe the number of things that we were both saying. Hmm, yes. Mm. Oh, yes, and that. Hmm, yes, I think I recognise that behaviour too. Yeah. If yeah. the listener wants to do anything about it, what should they do? Google it. <laughs> Google it. Now, why don't you... I mean, you can follow Rachel... Yes. Go follow Rachel Lander on her social. She's usually at, at Theatre Royal Drury Lane. <laughs> so just look at the times that Frozen's on. Actually, don't follow And get, get there about, oh, I don't no. know, 45 minutes before? Listen, Three in a Bar firmly does not endorse stalking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can follow her socials. Or Yes. She writes, she does a blog, doesn't she? Yes, she's excellent. got a website. <laughs> She does talks. Yes. She does proper stuff. Mm. She's written some really good stuff. And she also is involved with various charities. And, yeah, but she's a lovely person, yeah. as, you, as you know, because you've listened to this episode. Yeah, she's great. I'm so glad that she got in touch with us to come and chat again. Yeah, she's welcome anytime. Absolutely. For any other reason. She wants to talk yes. about model trains. She can come on. I feel like that might be next on her agenda, definitely. Yeah. Or like topiary. Oh, yeah. That's hedges and that, right? That's hedges and that. Right. Yeah. I, I could see myself getting into topiary. I feel like you would. Yeah. I really, I'd like to believe that that's the next, next project. So, yeah, anyway, um, that was it. That's the episode. And yeah. if you loved if you loved this podcast, you thought, well, I just want more, then we do have a Patreon and there's a growing number of episodes on there mm. and a growing community of people. So there's a link below. But it's basically patreon.com forward slash three in a bar. And yeah, that's Come and it, join really. our family on Patreon. It's a yeah. lovely place to be. It is. Like I know we're recording this in the past, but right now, today, yeah. the nineteenth of February. We're actually in... Do you know where we are? Aberdeen. Yes, we're in Aberdeen. Yes! So I knew it. That's nice. And tomorrow is my birthday. Yeah, and we're going to be in Perth. Yeah. Perth, Scotland. The Scottish one. 
Yeah. Yes. Have you been there before? No. Nor have I, but I gather it's an excellent place. Oh, great. Yeah, never been. Main question, does it have a pop world? <laughs> well, it has to. I hope so. We can't let your birthday pass without going to Pop World. Um, we're going to record loads of episodes when we're on tour, right? Yeah. We have yes, to. Yes, That's yes. the law. See you next time then. And bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.